I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill matsumi director of fun and games for the evening guys the flyers are like 3-0 and 2 in their last five and sure doesn't seem like it to me (laughs) we're gonna get into that we have a good show for you tonight uh hey meaningful hockey what else can you ask for let me introduce you to the panel for the evening First and foremost, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Alicia D. Steph Driver. How are you tonight, Steph? Well, you know, living the dream. Um, <laughs> Bill. Yes. Kelly. Hello. Charlie. Hello. Facebook, everyone listening. Hi, I have Facebook. spent a significant portion of the season saying that this is a bad team. Like, everybody needs to calm down because this is a bad team and this is what a bad team does. Right now, I find myself spending a lot of time and energy saying this is not a bad team. Everybody calm down. They're going to make the playoffs. Take a deep breath. Like it's not as bad as everybody is making it appear to be right now. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I'm gonna, a little bit. I'm going to go out of order. I'm going to go out of order and do the women back to back because I feel like Kelly, Kelly has a rebuttal. Kelly has a rebuttal in her hot take. To be spectacled, spectacular, <laughs> Kelly Hinkle. Okay, so I'm not saying that Steph's wrong in a logical sense, but I personally cannot shake a tiny, nagging feeling in the back of my head that they are going to miss. And I know that numbers-wise, and in order to try to make myself feel better, I enlisted one of the smartest people in the world, Micah, <laughs> Micah McCurdy at Ineffective Math, to try to make me feel better. And as of today, he had us at 92% to make the playoffs, which is obviously good. But then me, because I'm me, I'm like, well, 8% is kind of a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like, it's like like seven times the uh, Nolan Patrick odds. I mean, so. it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's multiple numbers. It's past five, even. And then I look at the remaining schedule, and I'm like, uh, they're not going to lose. All of them. They're not no, going to get zero points. Not all of games. them, but they need six. They need six points, right? The, to lock it up. Oh, no, they need, I mean, to get 100%, according to Micah's model, they need eight points okay. in the so next six four, games. So four wins or a lot of overtime losses. But, right. like, they're not, they're not going to go winless. And so here's the thing, though. Could you not see them losing three and then... They'll get six points. Losing three in overtime. I'm going to love it. I mean, no, they're not going to. That would be hilarious. I mean, they could. They could. They could. The chances of that 
actually happening slim are small very could, small no, and I've, I've been saying this for a while too like they could it is possible for them to miss the playoffs but all every single one of the wheels on this wagon would have to fall off at the same time that means Claude Giroux Sean Couturier Travis Konechny they all just stop producing all at the same time but nothing not, happens but not really though because you have games like that Detroit game and- where they got a point Right, but if they only get a point in each of these games, that might not be enough. If they get one point on, in each of the next next six games, it's six points. I know, but it's that it, that also then depends on what the Devils do and what Florida does. Yeah, that that's my only concern. Like, right. I'm not I'm not really that concerned. The Flyers are going to just fall off a cliff. I, I to me the worst the worst case scenario is they win three, they lose three the rest of the way. Which really that's six points that really should be enough. But if those other teams just don't lose, then it, I mean, that can happen. It's unlikely, yeah. but it could happen. And if that happens, that'll really suck. But in the end, and you know what? I guess the way I look at it is and it would suck if the Flyers don't make the playoffs because we're all kind of I think we've all agreed that despite our misgivings about this team, we all would like to see playoff. Oh, hockey. yeah, that would be fun. If they get 95 points and they miss the playoffs, I'm not going to be that mad. Like, like I, I, think I, I, I might would, be, I, I would laugh. Like, I might be mad for the first day or two, but in the end, I'm going to look at it as they pretty much did what I thought they were going to do. They just happened to have the Devils and the Panthers go crazy in the last two weeks of the year. Like, it sucks. Taylor but, Hall's the MVP. Yeah, like it sucks, but I can't get too mad about you know if the Devils and Panthers both finish with 99 points. Like, sure, okay, they missed the playoffs. And like, I want to be super clear here. Like, this is not me being negative about this team this is you being a philadelphia fan this is more of like a fear than it is a negativity i just i worry that they're hitting a bit of a bumpy patch at precisely the wrong time and despite their best efforts might completely fuck this up so remember when the eagles won the super bowl that happened. that happened. I remember do remember. remember. We were at Charlie's the Super Bowl. House. People shouldn't forget that. Charlie wrote an article for The Athletic immediately afterwards. He did. Explaining this phenomenon that you're it's going through right yeah. now. That, it that truly the is. Flyers, that nobody in Philadelphia, the Flyers and Eagles and Sixers and I guess Phillies fans just cannot have nice things. And we do this thing every year. It's scary. It's it's a, you know, the for the ideal matchup, the ideal matchup is against the Capitals. So everyone's looking at it that way. We could jump the Blue Jackets. We're, yeah. we're tied for points. Like right now, we're tied in points for third in the division, and we're still panicking about not making the playoffs. Yeah, because like of we're, the stupid we're stupid ass playoffs. We're yeah. four points out of first place. Like this is this is an incredibly tight division. Mm-hmm. Yes, but but like, a breath, a breath. I will take breaths just for you, Stephanie. And Nick Foligno <laughs> is out for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I saw that. Like they could. Now, if they jump, if they jump the Blue Jackets and Pittsburgh stays where they are, yes, we get Pittsburgh in the first round, and that sucks. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that. However, they did just get a point against Pittsburgh yesterday, so it's not as bad as an ass whooping as we got earlier in the season against Pittsburgh. Like it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but they could hang maybe for like a game, and then it would like it's it's. I understand the fear. I understand the fear, but just because it's not 100% they're making the playoffs right now, the second doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Last but not least, from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. 
So I got back home uh, probably around like 3 a.m. And I was doing most of my column from from yesterday's game, from Sunday's game, I guess, because you're probably listening to this on Tuesday. I did most of my column on on a plane and on, on a car. So I wasn't able to like chop up video. I was just basically writing what I remember from the game. How about a train? I wasn't on a train. train and automobile. That would yeah, ah. bring him back the old uh, the old school movie. Respect. Um, but anyway, I never saw it. So, uh, <laughs> so you bring back a movie you didn't even see. Well done, Bill. Uh, so I got home, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to go back and I wanted to rewatch all of Ivan Provorov's shifts from the game on Sunday because there was I, I didn't watch the game live. I watched it later that afternoon. And the impression I got from scrolling through Twitter during the game was that everyone was really angry. Not everyone, but a lot of people were really angry at Ivan Provorov. They were like, man, he's having a bad game. And there was like four or five people on my on my timeline that popped up said Provorov was struggling in this game. And I watched it live, and I thought, I don't really remember him making that many mistakes, but I'll rewatch all of his shifts because maybe I missed something. He was on the ice for three goals against, but I broke down all the goals, and I don't think he was at fault in on any of those plays. Like I don't, I think Gouda screwed up on the on the penalty kill, the, on the penalty kill goal, the power play goal that Hornk was scored. The uh, the first goal was more of like a bad switch, ghost pinched, and Philpola was back, and then they flipped it over Philpola's head. And the other one was just Couturier got owned by Sidney Crosby because yeah, Sidney like, Crosby yeah. is Sidney Crosby. So their one C dominated our one C because their one C is the best player. Is better. Player. <laughs> <laughs> so so those are three goals. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm the first one that says that we can't just say that goals are all that matters. We got to look at everything. And maybe there were plays where he got burned, but he didn't get he didn't get uh, killed. I watched all 30 shifts. He thought he had a pretty good game. And I'm starting to think that with Provorov, there's this idea has been brought up that Provorov is struggling. And because he plays so damn much, he's inevitably going to make some mistakes in a game. And because we already have it in our heads that Provorov is struggling, the first time we see him make a mistake, it's just like, see, there's another example of Provorov struggling. I don't think Provorov is actually struggling as bad as people think he is. That's, he had a couple of turnovers, and like that's he had a couple of turnovers that were very noticeable yesterday. So at the end of the game, people go, oh, you know what, like that happened, and I remember it. So I've been like trying to make a point of paying attention, like when he's on the ice, and just like making a mental note of a simple play that he makes that was actually a good play, and you. Do notice, like, oh man, yeah, he did. Screw he up. makes a lot of them. He did screw up that one breakout, and he perfectly orchestrated eight. Like, he doesn't yeah. get credit for making the play because, to us, he's supposed to be Duncan Keith, Drew Dowdy. Yeah, and like there was, and, like, he's not. He's twenty one. Yeah, like Duncan Keith spent two or three years in the AHL before he was Duncan Keith. Yeah. this kid is a twenty one year old, second year first. Yeah. Pair defenseman. Like there was one shift where he gets the puck at the point in the offensive zone and he makes a mistake. He stupidly shoots the puck right into the shin pads of a guy right in front. Like that's a dumb play. That that's an Andrew McDonald type play. And it's a bad play. So Pittsburgh comes back down the other the, the length of the ice on a transition rush. Crosby gets the puck and takes a shot and Proveroff blocks it and sends it up in, into the netting. And like, yeah, ideally the puck never leaves the offensive zone. But he then proceeds to basically kill any chance the Penguins have of taking advantage of that by making another a good play on the other side. So, I'm not saying that Provorov is perfect, not saying he's been perfect. I think he's played better at times in the past, but I don't think he's in this like death spiral that I seems no. to that I seem to see from some people on Twitter. Well, but he was like a minus two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's not just people on Twitter. It's people that their entire job is to analyze the flyers and to inform other people about the flyers that are getting paid to analyze the flyers are saying that Provorov is struggling yeah. are saying that he had shitty games, not saying shitty because you can't print that, but 
like are, are saying that Provorov is the problem. Like the beat writers that are not Charlie are saying that. That is the bigger overarching problem here. Like, okay, if that's what the team is trying to get you to tell people, we, we've got some issues here. And, and it's not. It's, it's definitely not. No, no I mean, like, like there's there's times where you can read between the lines of what a coach is trying to say. Like, I've, I've done it with regards to, like, Brandon Manning and Rakagudis in the past, when a coach, what he doesn't say is important, and you can kind of read between the lines that they're not particularly happy with that pairing. Yeah. Proveroff, there's been nothing. Like, there's no reason to think that they're frustrated with Ivan And, like, they know, like, when you are, like... You know, we talked about like we were told all off season why you, and all last season why you can't have you know four rookie D men on your blue line. Like when you're depending on a 21 year old in his second year in the league to play 25 minutes a game, you're gonna have some ups and downs. Like it's not gonna be all great. It's there's gonna be some costly turnovers. And I've said all year I like that he's turning the puck over because it means he has it more. And I want the puck on the best player's sticks. Is it going to come off it sometimes? Yes. See Jake Voracek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like you see, he has 60 assists and you go, all right, I'll deal. Pretty much. My hot take right now is, uh, yeah, this team's kind of frustrating. And I do have this, I don't know, nagging uh, thing about them missing the playoffs. I I am very much enjoying caring. Like I wake up, I wake up and like, if I didn't see the West coast games, I didn't see the late games. I didn't see the ending of all the games because maybe uh, like I was doing post game or something. I go in and check the standings and see where we are. And we're sitting here trying to figure out the math. I just wanted meaningful hockey because like last year was really, really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I think it's fun, and I'm kind of past the hot having a hot take. Kind of past having a hot take about this team. Now you'll get back there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, just for like this week and part of next week. The end of this regular season, I think, is just kind of enjoy the ride territory because, like Steph said, we've already gone the roller coaster of emotion on how to feel about this team, and now, now <laughs> over a month, yeah, and now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel about them. It doesn't matter if you think they're good or bad or in the middle. They're in the playoff race. They're probably going to get in. I want hockey beyond the 82nd game. I'm I'm enjoying what it's going to take to get there. I would feel so much better. It comes down to one thing for me. If they get one more point against Detroit, if they just get two points against Detroit, I'm dancing. But it's that one game that sticks out in my mind because it makes the effort against the Rangers, even though they won, kind of stand out a little. It makes, oh, you know what? They outplayed Pittsburgh for long stretches and still lost, even though they got a point, and that's cool. So I just, I guess... So that's I'm, my temperature on this team. Can, Where are you guys right at this moment heading, you know, the playoffs start April 11th? Where are we? Oh, with I have that? no idea when they start. I, I sounds about right. Yeah, I think I read that. I don't know no, the exact day, but it sounds I right. Think that is the correct day. Yeah, because they usually start on a Wednesday. And Wednesday. That is a I remember, Wednesday. I remember looking at it and saying it's nine days before uh, Shane Goss's Paris birthday. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's yeah, exactly that's what you day. were thinking. <laughs> Shane Goss's first birthday. That's yeah, what you were thinking, exactly. Bill. Um, so, let, like, I just want, like, let's let's look at these next six games because it's only six. It's only six games. So they play the uh, the Dallas Stars tomorrow. I fucking win that game. The Dallas Stars who are on, they're going to lose that game because they're on. The Dallas Stars are on an eight game losing streak. Oh, God yeah. damn it! However, however, however. Ben Bishop is injured. We did mention yeah. that on the post game. Who's in that for, is it Niemi in that? For I think them now? it is. Oh. No, it's got they they got rid of Niemi. They it's, is got it rid Lettinen? of him, right? Isn't oh, yeah. left? Yeah, 
Uh, maybe. Yeah, who can say? Right. <laughs> so whoever, whoever not Ben Bishop is. Whoever not Ben Bishop. I think, I think Ledman's left. We're the experts, folks. Yeah. Well, we Where know that. Where's the Emmy now? Uh, he bounced around this Montreal. Year. I saw I saw a quote from him today. And just assumed he was still in Dallas, but now that you mentioned, he was in Pittsburgh for a he, second. He is right? in Montreal, but he he, he did right. bounce around because he, he was in Pittsburgh. That driver, no shit. Folks. There we go. There we folks. go. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> Back so to the show. so the stars, maybe. I mean, maybe there's. 50-50 chance. They win or they lose. That's <laughs> every game. But so that's that's the concern going in. They're on an eight-game losing streak. Like, all right, the Flyers. Flyers are going to find a way to are lose. Gonna find you a can't to let lose. another team break a losing streak against you. Right. Well, but but they have they've got as good of goaltending as we do right now. So my concern with the Dallas game, this is just purely from an analysis standpoint. Dallas is a very they're a Hitchcock team. They're a very defensively oriented team, and I'm terrified that you're going to see the Flyers like the first period. They're going to try to create good shots. They're not going to be able to do it, and it's going to be back to bombs away from the point. And oh we're going to get the point shots and pray offense, and they're going to score one goal. That's what I'm terrified of that game. I think they're better than Dallas, Great and Dallas game. is a I mess. Think, but like Dallas is a I, hot I, ass mess. I, right I could now. easily see like 60 shot attempts and 35 of them, 40 of them coming for the defenseman. Yeah. Outstanding. I love it. <laughs> so then they've got the Avalanche. So this is a back to back. Lost. the avalanche yeah that's gonna be tough yep probably yeah, i mean the avalanche are like, good but are they better than the flyers yes. i don't think well, so they, they beat Nathan them mckinnon will beat us I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about the schedule too because it's mm. a a road back to back yeah like that scares in me. a time zone yeah. so you know Mraz nice is gonna play one a place of them. where we is legal altitude they'll, they'll yeah. be fine it's always something <laughs> um i mean the avalanche beat the flyers when they were here earlier this season I mean, it's been a long time. So All right, so knows? so far I've got loss, loss. Next up, they got... might they might be able to hang on for overtime for either one of these. That's, I'm looking. I need at least we just two, need points. I need at least two points from the back to back. That's fair. So, to, to win one of them. Win so one. then they've yeah. got they've got a handful of days off, and Easter Sunday they play the Bruins. I'm calling that a win at home for Jesus. They they have to because yeah. the last time they played the Bruins at home it was an absolute fucking massacre it was not Bruins good oh that was at the very end of the 10 game losing that was streak, at the right? very mm-hmm. end yeah. I was there it was an absolute like the Bruins scored a touchdown yeah, that it was, that was an, an ugly absolute game. fucking massacre they have to win this, this game this is going to be Michael Neuvert's return party it might be <laughs> No, I think we'll, ta- we'll get into goalies yeah. a little bit. Get we'll get into goalies. You see my a very in-depth discussion about the goalies. I do. Yep, yeah. I see it. <laughs> Discuss. Um, so then they've got the Islanders, and this should be an easy win. That this should be a win. Should be. Well, so should have been Detroit. Perhaps. Well, you know, Detroit. They they're they've got no future, but like they should. They, they've got about the same number of points as the Flyers have. Like they're not that they far. Behind. No, they don't. They, Detroit? I think no, they they're, do. They're, they're, they, they had about the same numbers the Flyers had. They'd be in the playoff race. Right? I don't know. I think that their division's just better. No. I'll have to check. No, because Flor- gonna... Florida's still in it. And they're in they're in the they're in Detroit's division. But uh, I, I don't think Detroit's like horrific yet, but they're yeah, I agree. Their future's they've got yeah, they've got no future. I have a quick sidebar about Detroit, and I was talking about this with someone the other night. Why, if you're a team that's selling, why like is it Zetterberg? Why isn't Cronwall on the wrong. table here? Like, are they just players who are like, yeah, this is what, like, because that Red Wings logo. Well, I guess Zetterberg is probably. Well, first of all, I think Cronwall there. has a no, a no move because they gave no movement clauses to everyone. Yeah. Zetterberg is probably just like he's a franchise icon, so they don't want to They don't want to ask him to wave. The big guy, I didn't understand why they didn't trade. Why did you trade Mike Green? 
Yeah, that he was a rental. One. Yeah, he, like, like now he's, he's, he's got a broken injured. bone in his neck. But at the time, Jesus. like even though he was he, injured then, I think too. Yeah, but I think it was like a minor injury at the time. Probably. They probably could have like even if you trade away for a fourth round pick, who cares? He's a rental. Saying, You're not resigning him. Yeah, I'm just saying like three, four years from now. If the Flyers are in last place and it's like, yeah, but, you know, Call Giroux is a franchise icon. I'm going, absolutely not. <laughs> we are trading him and getting pieces because we're in last place. Okay, well, you're not uh, Ken Holland. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, this is something. I'm that, glad you're not Ken Holland. This is just but... something that drives me. I was looking at it like, uh, you're not really rebuilding if you're not moving like 37-year-olds. Yeah, Ooh. I agree with yeah, you. Uh, All right. But that, okay, get back so, to the show. So, so. I was wrong about Detroit. Detroit is 65 points. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, so the Islanders, the bottom has fallen out for this team. They should win that game. Should be a win. They should we win that game. We have to show game. Tavares why he wants to come here. Exactly. Or why he should get the fuck out of yeah. <laughs> Either way. You want to play with Jay Weezy. Then they've got the Hurricanes, which they should win. The, the Hurricanes out of the they're final a good three. Team. Yeah, they're they're the only team in that final three that scares me a little bit because I think they're actually okay. And I, they I, I, play I think the Flyers the, tough. Yeah, I think the Islanders yeah. are awful. I think the Rangers are you know they're just playing their kids and seeing what they have in them. The the Hurricanes I could see an upset there, but they, the Flyers they got to win that game. They, they, really, what it boils down to is they have to win these final three, and yeah. you would hope they can score a win against one of the first three. My concern though is if they like let's say they lose the first three. Okay, number one, the, oh fa- the fan base is going to be Fire. a mess. Oh, yeah. Number two, the other teams are going to catch them and maybe yeah. pass them, and then they're going to put the Flyers into a position where they absolutely have to win those last three. Like Then all of those three games, like, they become true must-win games because they're literally tied with everyone they're faced, like with the Florida yeah. Panthers and with the Devils. And I don't know how this team will respond to a true must-win game. We haven't seen them in a true must-win game. I was looking. I don't at know. 2010 all over again, right, William? I think the correlation to 2010 goes beyond that, Charlie. I was telling them about this on uh, on Sunday at our watch party. New Jersey, six zero and zero against Tampa and Pittsburgh this year. Are they really? They're going to be our our Habs. They're going to run They're through. Gonna, they are going to take care of the Flyers' dirty work. Flyers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, see, unfortunately, yeah. with the way that it works out, they can only face one of them before mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference Final. Because if they, so let's say they're the let's say they're the low wild card seed, then they they would face Tampa, and maybe you know maybe they maybe. beat them, but then they would face either Boston or Toronto because they'd be on the other side mm-hmm. of the bracket. Yeah, I love I love the seating. Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> so it's good. horrific. The playoff yeah. system's awful. And then the last game of the season against the Rangers. Yeah, that too. Now, the last game of the season against the Rangers, they should win. Like, I don't know why anybody on the Rangers team would be interested in even playing that game. Just to, f- to say fuck you. Yeah. Spoiler. I think, yeah. I think teams like playing I hope spoiler. we've already clinched and Mike Vecchioni like, comes up yeah, and plays in that Mike game. Vecchioni Vecchioni's injured. Is he now? He might be back the other by day. No, then. I think he's injured. He was hurt. I don't, he, he might be back by the last week. The way I look at it with the Rangers is the Flyers, and you just said it about 10 minutes ago, how angry you were at that Rangers game, even though they won. The Flyers did not play well in that game, and they still won. So the way I look at it is they have to play really bad to lose the Rangers yes, as absolutely. they are Absolutely, No, they played bad against the Rangers, still won, because they are just a superior team. Yeah, exactly. But I come away, like that was going to be the thing I led the show off with, was I took more encouragement out of a loss to the Penguins than I did a win over the Rangers. Because say what you will about that loss to the Penguins, the Penguins are really good, and they skated with them. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a perfect effort, and as I read in your observations today, Charlie, yes, 
Penguins, especially in that first period, just weren't very good. Yeah, they played like, bad. That was, <laughs> it wasn't that, oh, man, the Flyers are just as good as this team. But I liked that Hack made the adjustment to not try to use Philpola as, yes, we're going to match him with Sidney Crosby. This is a good idea. We're going to match him with Malkin. This is a good idea. You went top two lines against each other, and in an away game, when it's harder to line match, you still kind of went with that uh, Still kind of went with that matchup, and you get a point out of it. This is the second time they've taken the pens to overtime, so it's not, maybe they're not that far apart. You, you know what the way I look at it, though? And I, they're I know- far. I mean... I I, I know this the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I still think I still think the Penguins are significantly better, but I, I agree that they're. I think if the Flyers play the Penguins in a series, I think they'd win. They'd win a game or two. I don't think they get swept. I think they'd lose. I think they'd win a game or two. Um, but going back to the point I was going to make, I wrote this in my in my column after the Rangers game. This is something I 100 percent believe. Like you guys know, I'm big into you know underlying numbers what was the, was the pro, was, was the pro, was, was the process strong you, know, you would yeah, think like like yeah they didn't yeah they didn't win but they played well and that bodes well once you get to this point of the season i don't give a shit i i give zero shits how well they played if they don't win the game because so, all that matters is you win and because mm. you're racking up points if you play like utter garbage against the rangers like let's say let, let's say they got against dallas okay and they play like garbage and alex lyon stands on his head and they win two nothing okay. i don't i don't care i don't care that they play like garbage get the damn points yeah finally no, like, someone's focused on the stats that matter that uh that blues game in the in the beginning of the like in early november like the only game that they won in november they won two nothing, yeah. because of a great goaltending performance by Neuvert. Like, yeah, and Provorov blocked yeah. like ten shots. Yeah, I think it was like thirteen. I think <laughs> yeah, it was some like absurd that. number yeah. like that. And you just go, oh, you know what? This was a good gutsy win. Not the formula you want because the shot attempts were like a hundred to four, but they won, and that's cool. And that's what you're looking at now. Like, while I am discouraged by what they did against Detroit and New York. They got three out of four points there. So you needed those points. Four out of four would have been nice, but you needed them. You got them. Charlie, you mentioned Alex Lyon standing on his head. And that is a segue into goaltending. <laughs> hey, Goaltending. Hashtag. What's up? So remember uh, when Peter Morozik's first three games happened and he was really good and we were all excited? <laughs> Were we though? I'm still on the resign bandwagon. Like Ste- Steph was not in, in, in Steph's defense. He Steph was, was still a skeptic. Legitimately good those first couple of games. He here. was fine. No, he is good. He was fine. It was three games. Yeah, that yeah that game against Montreal. He was great. He is not good anymore. He is bad. <laughs> Why is he so bad? Why does talk- he spin around in the crease and face in the wrong because direction? He's doing pirouettes for funsies. Well, what a fancy Tur- gentleman. Did you see any interference on that game winner? Um, maybe, after but I, I, saw, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. After I saw someone talk about it, I went back and watched it like three times, and he kind of gets grazed with the stick, but not in any major way, and it's definitely not what caused him to spin around he like an asshole. He still turned the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, he turned the incorrect direction. To me, yeah. if, if you're going to... Tim Tebow stuff. To me, if, ah, if, if, if you're, <laughs> you're going to get mad at, a, at something about that play, get mad about the fact that Jake Voracek was literally dragged down to the ice in the offensive zone before they yeah. went yes. back down. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the play you get mad at. The interference, like, okay, maybe in this NHL where was, literally yeah. it's flip a coin and it's interference maybe that gets called back should it have been no no, no it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't enough that's the thing like that that definitely is the kind of thing that we've seen called goalie interference this season but it wasn't yeah and for a goalie who just like 
wanders as much as Morozik. Oh my god! I can't All blame. Over the place. We, we were. We, I can't blame that kind of stuff. Like maybe there was interference, but this shit happens <laughs> regularly when on like Dumpins when he's the only one in the zone. He goes the wrong way, so I can't. We say we were that's why at he got our watch party, and I'm screaming at the TV for him to get back. Where are the you crease. going? Because he's like four <laughs> feet out and just like you know dancing. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! So anyway, goalies. Michael Neuvert is with them on this road trip. I think we see him start one of the back to back. That's insane. Yes. Considering where we were a month ago with Neuvert. And I'm like excited to see Michael Neuvert. Oh, come see, back. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm waiting to see on it. I mean, like. I'm not excited, but maybe well, he's better than Lion and Morozik. Well, that's maybe. the thing. Like, I think yes, he's, and we're li- we're looking at maybe think, right now. I think we're. Co- I'm confident that he's better than both of them. I mean, we've seen the problem with Michael Neuvert is that he can't stay healthy. Not that he's not a good goaltender. Last year, he's he was legitimately not a good goaltender. Well, I mean, nobody was. They, yeah. Neither of them were good <laughs> last year. Fair. But that's that was an outlier. Yeah, I mean, his last his game, career, he's been at least adequate. Right, his last game on the 18th, he had a. 786. Well, that was that was the Rangers game where he got hurt, right? And then Lion came in and played really good. well. Yeah, it was. He has his bad games. He's not a great He's goaltender. Not, I mean, I I I don't know. I'm like, you're looking at one game. I know, but I'm also just like, uh, is he going to come back in and like fix things? No, it's oh. not a fix. No. I just need somebody who's not going to let in five pucks a game. I need at this point someone who turns the right way, like just look, <laughs> facing look, in the right direction look at the play. <laughs> even if you just stand there, if you you're just stand wrong. there. Yeah, that like, is an improvement. There's, there's probably Charlie. How many percent chance that the the puck is going to hit you? Sixty nine. Typically, like ninety percent. Like, just stand there. Just stand. Just oh stand. Like, that's all I fucking need. Look at the players and stand there. So, <sighs> I'm getting worked up. So, Brian Elliott, they expect him back the last week of the season. So next week. So that's next yeah, week. Like, Literally, can't by next wait. Show. Yeah, so by next show we should we should know more about what Brian Elliott's timeline is or Come he's back coming me, back. Brian. Um I want to fire Peter Mrazek into the sun. I want to keep Alex Lyon up with the big club. I don't expect them to because of the Phantoms and their playoffs. Phantoms have to win too. Gotta send everybody down for the playoff play. But right now, if there's a three goaltender situation and it's Neuvert, Mrazek, Lyon. I want to play with Neuvert and Lyon. Like, I don't want Peter Mrazek on the ice again. He he does seem like a mess. A mess. Yeah, because I don't think he's a bad goalie, but no, he, I don't re- think he really is playing awful right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, that, the Crosby goal, that was a great play by Sidney Crosby. He owned Sean Couturier without a doubt. You got to make that yeah, save. Yeah, the shot was you, still not you, good. You got to make that save. No, he, mm-hmm. like, easily, he's in position to make that save, and he just missed. He easily could have got something on that puck. Yeah. Like, yes, again, Crosby awesome player he made a great play and like jake or sean couturier legitimate selkie candidate it's not like he just shrugged off danny briere thomas vanek like he made a great play shot was not good no no you got to make that stop and with lion in that game it wasn't the thing with lion is that i don't think lion this was coming i don't think lion's gonna make the kind of like like face palm type plays that Mrazek will, but he's just not going to make the holy shit saves either. Mm-mm. 
the first goal, I don't blame him. It's a breakaway, whatever that happens. You know, obviously you hope your goalie's going to stop a breakaway, but you don't you don't depend on it. Unless... And it was a good shot. Yeah, it was a good shot. It was a good shot by Broussard. The uh, the second goal was uh, the amazing Flyers penalty kill that just decides, hey, there's a guy in front of the net. Yeah, he can just do whatever he wants. So yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe you hope that it's not like the it's not the the best angle for Hornquist, but somebody needs to be there to knock him on his ass when he's in front of the net on the friggin' pa- on the power Any, play. Anybody, I don't care anybody. who it is. I don't care anybody. Who, yeah, somebody's got to do that. Even if it's Alex. And he plays for the fan. And then <laughs> well. the third goal, like, yeah, you'd like to see him make that stop on Mara- on, a, on a Malkin. It goes through it goes through his five hole. It's still Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Like, this is still a, one of the best players in hockey who who has probably a lot of pre-shot disguises that he probably just flat out fooled Alex Lyon in because Alex Lyon was in the AHL two months ago. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's okay. And it's okay. Like, but He's not a guy who you put out there and you expect him to win you a game. So who do we who who do we see starting on Tuesday now? If Neuvert's healthy, put him out there. I think it's going to be Lyon. I think um, it's going to be they go back to Lyon. I think they now. go back to Lyon. And then what, what did you make Wednesday? of that? Oh, I actually want Neuvi on on Wednesday against the uh That's the better teams. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's true. I actually that's what I want. Put I, Lyon out with the Stars and I, see what happens. I feel like Neuvert is a wild card. Um, in the sense that you don't know what he's going to be in his first game back if he is able to come back. So I'd rather put him... I'd rather have that wild card game be against a team that I'm not necessarily expecting the Flyers to beat anyway. Because if they beat him, because Neuvert came back and was on, that's awesome. If they lose, yeah. I'm like, whatever. I expected them to lose anyway. Yeah. At least because Neuvert he, got in and got some time. Yeah, at least he got some time. And throw him exactly. in for a couple of exactly. games. I feel like the Flyers are better than the Stars, and I don't think they necessarily need a goaltending edge to beat the mm. Stars. So Lyon just has to be passable. Yeah. I, what did you make of that pull? What did you guys I, think I, of taking I, Lyon yeah. out? I think I that it was, it, it was one of those message yeah, to the team so things. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was necessarily about Lyon. It was you just let a man score on the, pen, the his power play on our penalty kill, and you did nothing, and then another goal went right in. Like, what the fuck are you people doing? Yeah, I think it was... I do think Alex Lyon is on a short leash because, like Charlie said, he's an AHL goalie. Uh, but he's been good for us <laughs> leading up to this. See, I get the feeling that he's one of Dave Haxtell's favorite dudes, and I've got no reason for he's that. He's a good dude. Well, I, I adore him as a human being. Like, as a human being, Alex Lyon, king in the north. Like I, I, <laughs> He does look like Jon Snow. I <laughs> love him. I love him with his curls. Like, I love Alex Lyon. But the I curls feel are like just infuriatingly perfect. Perfect. No way. After he's been wearing a helmet for hours. Yeah. The hell? Um, <laughs> so, I, but like, I don't know whether it's the fact that he comes from college and, and wasn't actually supposed to play pro hockey and now is with an AHL team. I just, I've got this gut feeling that Dave Haxtell loves Alex Lyon. Speaking of people, we thought Dave Haxtell loved. Yeah. Mm. Robert Haig was used in like the dependable guy role all year. Like wasn't used as a rookie. Sure. Like his, his ice time fluctuated, but in the situations they used him in, it was much like the way Dave has used, you know, his dependable vets. Now, all of a sudden he's a healthy scratch. Well, you know, allegedly healthy scratch. Well, you know, this means next year he's going to be really good because Dave Haxtell absolutely knows what he's doing. (laughs) Oh, development and puts them in the press box so they can get their learning in. That's a good point. He said basically he was not happy with his effort against Detroit, which, okay, I'm fine with that. Me personally, looking at Robert Haig, it's not like he's been outstanding all year. He's been good enough for a rookie. Something, there's a building block there. He'll probably be a good NHL player. But if you're telling me you are willing 
to bench a guy because of bad play in one game that you've been depending on all year, I have to get back to mm? from October 21st through like last week, <laughs> you never sat Brandon Manning once. Yeah, not a once. <laughs> How is this possible? How is your reasoning this? And like, is Robert Haig struggling all that much? I mean, this isn't new. He picks and chooses the guys who need to have messages sent to them and then the guys who never have to have a message sent to them. And again, as a game or two <laughs> kind of thing for Haig, he's never played this many games in his career. He never topped 70 games in the AHL. His career high was like 69. Oh, really? Yeah, he nice. never oh, even played. Damn. Yeah, that's it's too slow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like he never played this many games. So as a rookie oh, in the realize. NHL, okay. I get it. If, there's, if he's worn down, if he just needs a mental break, a physical break because he came back from that injury, we said maybe he came back a little too fast whatever if he just needs a break i'm cool with it but now you're saying no he's healthy enough to play so you're saying this is all about his level of play which i don't like saying about a rookie like lie to me you but, lie about every goddamn thing else yeah. it's your job you're yeah. a professional liar <laughs> it's it, it's absolutely asinine to me that this is happening that this is happening with this particular player because now exactly right now when like you are again, again, actively making your team worse when they have not clinched a playoff position. You are actively making your team worse by putting Brandon Manning on the ice. Well, and Charlie wrote it down here, but I'm going to steal it because it's a thing that I've had in my head that he the thing that really got to me was that he said out loud like he didn't even say that it had to do with his play per se. It was more about the pairing. Yes. yes. Okay. Like if that pairing doesn't work, OK, why don't you just adjust some shit? Uh, yeah. Then that the other was, two are working, I guess. Yeah, I guess I that mean, I guess I that's guess. what it boils down to. Like, I really think what hurt Haig here, because to me, when that happened, I found that bizarre because of exactly what you said, that. He he's trusted Haig so much this year, and so much more, especially so much more than Sanheim, but even more than like Gudis. Like yeah, and even when Gudis in the beginning of the year was playing pretty well, like Haig was above him on the depth chart, and I, like it would just blew me away that you know wow now you're in the stretch run and now suddenly you don't trust him. But the the concept of this fit thing, like that's the only thing that makes sense to me because I highly doubt that Hack just decided on a whim that oh I don't trust Robert Haig anymore. But if you look at it like this. Obviously, they're not gonna they're not gonna adjust the pro rough gosses pair pair. That's your top pair. That's locked in. Haig was in that second pair with McDonald. Sanheim jumped in there when Haig got hurt, and that pairing, as we'll get into in a few minutes, is actually working really well. So I understand not wanting to break that up. So now you're left with three guys to fill two spots. You've and got one of them is Brandon. You've Manning. got Gudis, so Manning, two and Haig. Fill one spot. Yeah, but you got so you got Gudis, Manning, and Haig. If you've decided that Gudis has to be in the lineup every game because of a veteran presence, because he hits, because he's a right-handed shot, the third one makes some sense to me. He's your only. Righty. He's your only righty. Then it's who fits better with him. And the question is, does Haig like Haig? Gudis is a scary pairing because none of them are, neither of them are very good at moving the puck. Not to say Manning Gudis is good either, hey. but maybe the thought process Manning's a little bit better passing the puck than Haig, and that's why we're doing it. I'm not saying I love it, but that's the only logic that makes any bit of sense to me because it doesn't make any sense that he just would lose trust yeah, in Haig. That I'm makes not, no sense at all to me. I'm not overly upset about this because. I like the first two pairs, too. And if you make the decision, can't be Gudis that comes out because he's our only righty. He's one of our only two veteran D-men, quote-unquote veteran, if you're not going to count Ghost as one, which is weird that they don't. No, but that's okay because Manning, who has got yeah. fewer games than Shane Goss' yeah. bear, is, is a veteran. Um, I just uh, – I'm – perplexed by the decision but i'm not overly angry about it and uh steph and i now have a 20 dollar bet that we made like 
this is foolish because we are two people who are very broke. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we decided to put $20 on the line. I said... Brandon Manning is going to hit free agency and sign a deal that's worth over $2 million annually. So so it could be a one-year deal? One-year, $2 million, and, that, and then and you win. win the bet. Okay. Steph says he's going to go unsigned or, I guess, be in the AHL. I said he's not going to get another NHL not, contract. You think he's going to go to Europe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I th- yeah I think he's taking a, but, a Van de Velde. But but to clarify, Steph wins the bet even if he does sign in the NHL, but he signs like a one-year $900,000 contract. You still win the bet, Steph? Yes. Yeah, oh, it's sure. got to be two million for Bill to win. He's got okay. seven goals, man. He's gonna get paid. I think the Flyers are gonna sign. I really, I, really, I, I haven't quite convinced myself that they're not. I, I think yeah. they just would have already. Because I feel like, so Hextall has decided that Hack is his guy, and while Hextall has done an admirable job of taking away Hackstall's toys when he can. This one, I think maybe Haxtell might be like. They just you have know, he's such. Not bad. They just have such I a like logjam at defense. Like I don't understand how you can keep Brandon Manning, who's a replacement level yeah. player. I, I don't think they can. I think. I think when that you have Myers and like Hague's not in the. I, I, because I, 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 Hextall I think the, I think the status is of fine keeping them in but the freaking Velde. No, see, I, I think the status of Moran is going to be yeah. what pushes Manning out okay. because. Hextall does not like to lose prospects for free, and if Moran does not make the team next year, he's probably gone. You would think someone would claim him when they try to slip him through waivers because he's no longer waiver exempt. Yeah. There needs to be a spot for him, and I don't know how else they get that spot for him unless they let Manning go. Fair. They trade Gudis, which that, that, I think that's is possible. A, I that's think possible. That's I, think that's I, think, a, I think both things are I going think, to happen. I think Manning leaves and Gudis could still be traded. Yeah, I could see I that. Think yeah. both of those things. I, are possible I, I, that's there. what I'm predicting, but Bring I'm not putting Phil. money on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so tell me about this uh, McDonald Sandheim pairing. We've said it a couple times over the last, I guess, couple of shows that. Hey, you know what? This kind of works. Yeah. Tell me about it, Charles. We're, we're now eight games in, and it's still kind of working. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, so I have my uh, my stock report that comes out uh, tomorrow morning uh, that I do every Tuesday for the Athletic. And one thing that has always happened with with Brandon, uh, with not Brandon, Matt, with Andrew McDonald pairings is they put him with rookies, and it always starts out okay. Like they put him with Ghost. And they were the Flyers were outscoring the outscoring other teams with that pairing on the ice. So, so Hack stuck with it. They put him with Provorov. Same thing happened. They put him with Haig. Even same thing sort of happened. The problem with all of that was that every time they did that, the the, the pairing was still getting butchered by shot differential. Like they were out the the Flyers were outscoring the other teams, but they were getting killed like forty five percent Corsi, forty percent Corsi, forty eight percent Corsi. It was bad. And you looked at the numbers and you're like, the floor is going to fall off from under this pairing eventually, and it inevitably did. It always did, and you always saw it coming, and they just kept going back to this well. So my first thought when I saw this pairing was getting good results was like, oh, it's just the same thing happened again. It's just another rookie, you know, McDonald with a rookie. We're going to have the good early results and the whole thing's going to fall apart. Sanheim McDonald has really good advanced stats. So they're Corsi, 56.68%. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that Which good. is better than Ghost Provorov. Yeah, wow. They're expected goals, 58.37, which is also better than Ghost Provorov. <laughs> and they've outscored the opposition. The Flyers have outscored the opposition with that duo on the ice, 8-2. to two. Well, this is working, and I don't know why, and I don't know how, but it's actually working. My guess is 
Sanheim is a good hockey player. No, I need I need Charlie to read his next bullet point here. It's like, did Travi Sanheim fix Amac? <laughs> he did. When I saw that you wrote Travi, I nearly died. Did you write Travi? I did. Of course you did. I had to. No, but, because that's what happened. But but like here's the fascinating the thing about it. Is, is over. Like I am I am extremely high on Travis Sanheim. I love him as a prospect. I love him as an NHL player. He's working better with Amac than Ghost and Proveroff did. So like there's really there's there's basically three possible explanations. One explanation is that this is just random. The universe is chaos. Eat our <laughs> the, the second the, the second explanation is this just happens to somehow fit. Like these two just happen to work together in some weird way. Sometimes guys have chemistry. The third explanation, which is like the one that I'm scared to even say out loud, is like what if Sandheim's better than both those guys? Oh yeah, baby. let's do that well, one. Yeah, here's the thing: is <laughs> yeah, like, Shane Charlie Goss, Shane Gossis Bear, legitimately good. I think I don't think he should win, but I at least think he should be in the Norris discussion. I think he deserves yeah, consideration. I, I don't think he's the best defenseman in the league this year, but he's in the top five, top ten, easy. Um, Ivan Provorov, seventh over, was he seventh? Seven. Seventh overall pick, really good. Travis Sanheim, while we all thought he was, what did they get him at seventeen? That sounds right pick. in that range. That and sounds right. We all kind of were like, oh, Travis Sand, this is kind of a, maybe a reach here. And then he comes out in that after his draft year and goes absolutely nuts for the Calgary Hitmen. And we all go, oh, my God, this guy might be as good as Ghost, who was a third round pick. And we kind of got lucky with like he he happened not to be like, yeah, I'm going to leave because you drafted me in the third round and I'm a number one defenseman. Uh, we kind of happened to get lucky with him signing here, I feel. <laughs> um Sanheim, I always thought, had this kind of upside. Like he was a first round pick and probably fell a little too far to like it was one of those things. He was a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. He, he just didn't get the ice time until yeah. the very end of that draft. It was year. one of those. And good, then he, they're like, holy shit, this guy's six three and an amazing skater. And once he puts on twenty pounds, he's gonna be an absolute monster. So like, what if he was a late a late bloomer for his draft year? What if we're seeing just him continue to be a late bloomer and like he's just starting to find what his ceiling could be like Travis I mean, Sanheim that goal uh, uh, it was gorgeous a oh, wrist shot so from good. that high that cleanly beats a goalie I don't care if the goalie had his eyes closed it was that's Matt a, Murray a, yeah that's an not awesome, just any goalie that's an amazing shot for anybody. it was an absolute snipe we were like sitting there like oh yeah the defenseman who you know we couldn't have here all year because uh some reason um, <laughs> because of reasons. <laughs> How many forwards on this team can make that shot That's consistently? That's a really good point. Like, like two? Four oh, tops. Uh, consistently yeah, I was going to yeah, say two. Four like, <laughs> check can do it, but most of the time his shot is yeah. no good. Drew, 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 Drew can. can do it when he wants to, but yeah. chooses not to a lot of the time. <laughs> Jordan Wheel does it in shootouts, but... Sometimes. Um, he we, used to. Yeah, he but used not to. Not anymore. <laughs> but we don't see it in games all that often. So back to Travi. Okay. I think the fact that... Just the fact that he's playing well... I mean, that's what he is now. I know. Just to embrace it. Um, the fact that he's he's playing well with Andrew McDonald, regardless of anything else that's going on, just that he's playing well with Andrew McDonald is the only reason that he's still here. Like, I think, yeah. I think that if he was playing average and AMAC was being AMAC, he would have been replaced. No, because they'd be minus four in eight games. I'm right. like, oh my God, they're minus. But he's <laughs> making this, you know, bottom pairing at best defenseman better. Um, and, and I, I, 
I'm just going to talk about Phil Myers for a minute because Kelly Phil. Kelly yelled his name for some reason in my head. And I figured this out when I had lunch with Maddie over the weekend. In my head, I have this like this prospect battle in between. Thank you. Between Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers. Like it's got to be you're either team Sanheim or you're team Myers and you've got to pick one. And <laughs> I'm very clearly all in on Sanheim. So like. I like him. I recognize his talent. I recognize that he is a very, very good defenseman, and we're very lucky to have him. But I'm all in on Sanheim. I'm all in on let's have a top four I mean, as good as Nashville's. I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> but that's why I don't talk about him as much, and it, it didn't click until this weekend. That's fair. Yeah, and I do think there's, you know, maybe there's just an expectation that, like, well, they're not going to be able to keep all of them, and one of the big guys is going to bust, so it ha- you know, now that we know that Ghost and Proveroff are legit, you know, one of Sanheim or Myers is going to be a bust, that's, right? Because like- we can't possibly be lucky enough that all four of them become really yeah. good. Now, No, Moran's the bust, fam. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have time or energy for that narrative today. But Moran, is, Moran was one a stretch when where they drafted. Yeah, him. oh yeah, he yeah, was, was drafted too high. Two, I think that that's and two, fine and, he's and a, reasonable he's, to say. He's a pre-Hextall guy. Like, yes. if they yeah. get anything out of him or they get anything for him. Both but but these. so is Haig. Yeah. And Haig is now, well, I mean, the last two games Born aside. Stephanie's going to kill you're, us. You're going to give me a stroke. All right. <laughs> we need Sam Moran on this team because... Because I agree. Have you seen the penalty kill? You've seen him fight? I have. I've, I've got a lot of feelings and they're very conflicted about that because that's a lot of bodily harm that you don't need to be doing to another human being. However, you signed up for it. However, <laughs> yeah. I also love it. So <laughs> the, like this is I, I will say it every day for the rest of my life. We need Sam Samuel Moran. Yeah, there's no Sam in Samuel it's Moran. Samuel Moran. On the penalty kill, even if he only plays five minutes a night. And considering the way this coach uses roles, yeah. I thought having a penalty kill specialist defenseman might be okay. Like this, this is the one instance where that is a thing. And of that course, is of course, a thing. Of course, he is hurt all year. And yeah, like he's he abso- oh my god, he he's absolutely would have had an opportunity yeah. at different points this year. Yeah. I mean, he injuries was, just kept. Yeah, this, they gave him one. This, this really sucked. To go to the penalty kill, we'll, we'll move on in a sec. But I want yeah. I want to say this because Please there's no, there's no way I can get I can fit this into a column. But man, it pissed me off. So we go to the the Sam Moran thing. You talk about what well, we need a penalty kill specialist. I don't think it would matter. I think if you called Sam Moran up, I think he would be bad on the penalty kill. And we know he's a good penalty killer, but that that goal, the Hornquist goal on Sunday, that was the epitome of everything I've been screaming about. Because, yeah, you can pin it on Gudis, and you can say Gudis screwed up, and he very well might have. But here's the thing. Gudis did exactly what the Flyers always do, which is there's a guy in front of the net, there's a guy on the half boards, you have three options. Well, really, you have, should have two options. Your two options are either... Kick the shit out of the guy in front of the net and make it so your goalie can see the damn puck, see the damn puck, or challenge the guy with the puck. What do the Flyers do? They do option three, which is stand in between the two, hope you block the shot, and if you miss, it's screened, or there's a pass to a guy wide open and down low. Like, what does this penalty kill do for a team? <laughs> and that's that's the question is does not kill people penalties. say that they're too passive, and I think like if you played a passive zone, you'd be better off. Winnipeg plays passive and it yeah. works because and, they know what they're doing. Yeah, at least if you played the a good passive zone, you would have Gudis in front cross-checking the shit out of the guy like Simmons gets the crap kicked out of him. Like, at least you would have one guy defended. They persistently choose to defend nobody. They per- they defend the open space. 
giving both guys time and space by taking away neither yes. of theirs. It, it makes it's, me lose my mind. It I, makes I, me like, lose my mind. At least Sam Moran would have a nine foot reach. Yeah, and that's I guess, true. Like he'd be able to poke check it is, one it guy is the and most defend amazing, the other. It, is, it like, is a thing of beauty. I, I just, I have no, no, one, no idea one is coming with within this penalty six does. feet of him. A six but, uh, foot, like there's just no. Oh God, there was I a need player. It. There was a player this off season who was, I think, the most like divisive player uh, amongst the four of us and opinions about him were very extreme on the line jordan wheel has had a um not a, a disappointing year. yeah season. not a good year uh he's got eight goals in 65 games this year he had eight goals in 23 games last year nobody really expected that kind of pace but i think we thought you know he'd have more goals this year than he did last year and he doesn't i think i think there was there was a realistic hope that he might get to like 20 yeah i think that was probably like the hope I was that, hoping for 16 to 17. That's what I said. If, if we can make him turn into a 20, I think it was just 20 points, like 20 point guy, that would be an improvement over anything that we had last year. Well, he's got to be near 20 points this year, right? I'm sure he is. Yeah, I think he's got like eight goals and 12 assists. I yeah, think he's I think like at 20. I, when I was talking about this last week, he was right there. Gotcha. So like that's 20, 23 points a season from Jordan wheel. That's what I was expecting coming into the season. So everybody, Oh, not everybody, but there was the, the contingent that was super high on him because he was amazing at the end of last year. And then there were the people who were worse than I was saying, no, he's just garbage. I was kind of towards that group, but like this is, this is no, what yeah, I expected you had him to be very tempered expectations and, and like turned I'm out totally, to be accurate. And yeah. I'm total weird. <laughs> I'm totally that happy. Is not an idiot. Everyone. I'm totally happy with how this turned out. Like this is, yeah, it's fine. This is the role that he that it works for him and this just happened to be where we needed somebody if we had a more progressive coach where we could well, go well, where we could go here. like and now it's different because raffles out so he's on the th- wheel is back up on the third line but if we could just go skilled fourth line like yeah. i would love a jordan yeah. wheel like lawton reed fourth yeah. line oh, that totally would be cool. nice. i would really enjoy that however like watching jordan wheel it's very clear, like, 3C, whether it comes from within or outside the organization, is a need. You need to upgrade your yeah. center position right there. And, like, having a skilled winger like Jordan Wheel and not being able to fully utilize him because you don't have three centers is uh, an issue for me. But you got a glimpse of what we expected a little bit more, at least what I expected out of Jordan Wheel in the Penguins game. He picks up two primary assists by using his skating to create entries, thus creating room for the guy he distributed to, and that person put the puck in the net. Uh, also got a goal by doing what he did last year, being in the right place at the right time, and getting to the net. Yeah, like I think it's a good luck rebound, but, but you, you get good there. luck rebounds by being in the right yeah, place. You have to be there. And to me, the way I look at Wheel for this year is like I do think Wheel has gotten unlucky this year, and not yeah. just in terms of puck luck. Like he was the guy. Unfortunately, somebody had to do it. He was the guy who was with Nolan Patrick in the beginning of the year when Nolan Patrick wasn't Nolan Patrick yet. So he spent the first two months of the year basically being stuck to a guy who was not 100 percent healthy and couldn't really skate and wasn't doing anything. So that probably deflated his numbers at the start of the year. Then in January and February, he just totally lost confidence. So he was a mess in the offensive zone. He's better than this. Is he what we hoped he was going to be back in September? No. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. But I would love him as a bottom sixer. And and the thing that that I always bring up with Wheel when people would would complain about him this year is this. Look, 
yes, we were hoping he could be a middle sixer, maybe a second line forward if everything breaks right. But he's getting paid like a bottom sixer. So I can't get I, I can't get angry that he's a bottom sixer when that's what he's getting paid like. I kind of hoped he would um, help improve the second power play. I yeah, thought that he didn't was, happen. I thought he was, I thought he was a bottom sixer with enough offensive zone skill. Like, okay, maybe he doesn't have the complete game. I think he has enough offensive zone skill in a specialized. All right, yeah, we play him on the third, fourth line. We get him on that second power play. He helps improve it. That hasn't been the case, but no one's been able to improve the second power play. Um, like, he did score fuck? a power play goal. I hate I hate our special teams except for it's our really. our first power play. And in that's which just case, Claude like, uh, yeah, our first <laughs> like, power play, you cannot screw that up. It's like, just Claude Giroux. He's the it. best power play distributor I've ever seen. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, but I will like my thing with Jordan Wheel more than anything. Why I thought we had to bring him. Obviously, if someone was like, "Hey, we think you're a twenty goal scorer, and we're gonna pay you like one," it was like, "All right, All right see, peace you, see you." <laughs> we've, we've, <laughs> we've lost out on so many guys before realizing their potential. I just thought I want to know what he is. I'd rather him fail here than succeed elsewhere. That was my thinking on Jordan Wheel, and I don't think he's That's failed. Fine. No, and he I hasn't. think Jordan Wheel is a guy. I'm really. He's one of the people I want to see in the playoffs because, like Charlie said, I think he's had some bad luck. Some of it puck. Some of now I think. If you put him up on that second line with like, obviously, I don't want to move Oscar Lindblom down ever. I don't want to move Oscar Lindblom anywhere. Nope. But if he were to be in that spot with Patrick and Voracek now, he'd be seeing the benefits of it. Ooh, like maybe, he'd be putting up points. Maybe he'll be another teeny tiny little Danny Briere oh, playoff that's specialist. Hope. That's my hope. Yeah, that's I'd my be thing. into I'm it. Putting all my, I'm putting all my Jordan Wheel hopes and dreams on. Oh, no, he's going to come Jay up in the playoffs. No. Yeah, he's gonna, well, Jay Weezy. Jay Weezy, that's what I call him. I'm good with that. I think if we have uh, Danny Briere in anyone, it's going to be Travis Konechny. I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. But also, like he's just a beast. Yeah, and but obviously Danny Briere a beast year round, but yeah. then all of a sudden the playoffs would come Turned and score on. on every yeah. other shift, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so who are we? Oh, I guess we'll talk about Limblom for a second here. Yeah. Uh, he's, for a, <laughs> Let's my, never stop my, talking about Limblom. My takeaway, watch it. He's got four Bloom. points in his last five Bloom. games. We're starting to see his, like you know the, the work pay off because as soon as he came up, he was noticeable, and not just because you're looking for him. And my takeaway, watching that Penguins game, Penguins are a good skating team. Penguins are one of the best skating teams God, in the I league. I hate saying nice things and, about them. Well, they're, they're, they're just I know, that good. I know, I know I they them. are. I, I, I know they them, are, but, but I hate that I have to say that. That. Crosby's been to four cups, won three of them, and in between those, like he was hurt. Like, Bill, this, stop. I read an article today that said that they're better poised this season at this point than they were. Well, they last got lucky season. last well, year. Good. So that now I just want to light myself on fire. <laughs> so Oscar Lindblom. Oscar Lindblom. Bloom. I'm not calling him Bloom. He has scored points. I'm not doing it. He gets just the some respect on his name. If, if Jim Jackson calls him Lindblom, I'm going to keep calling yeah. him Lindblom. <laughs> JJ is, is who I. This was my point with the Penguins. They're one of the best skating teams in the league. I'm watching Oscar Lindblom and thinking, you know, for a guy whose issue, like the reason he fell to the fifth round other than being foreign in the NHL, just, you know, oh, you're foreign. You don't get taken. Uh, <laughs> like other than, you know, that, his issue was skating. That's why he fell to the fifth round. For a guy whose issue is was at least skating, he is everywhere all the time. Like he'll make a play in the defensive zone, and then he'll make the chip pass in the in the neutral zone, and then he's on the receiving end in the offensive zone, and then there's a chance. And you go, how did he do that? If he's supposed to be not a great skater, he just is everywhere. And there's something to be said for being where the puck is. Like I said on that Jordan Wheel goal, yes, good luck rebound, but you got to be there. Well, that's what I said in leading into the season when I thought there was absolutely no way he got sent down to the AHL. Like he is 
everywhere. He is where the puck is going to be before the person passing it knows that they're going to pass it there. Like he is always in the exact same spot or the exact right spot at the exact right time. Like he, it's, it's gotta be premonition. Like there's, there's a a sixth sense happening there for him. Um, I have decided. Oh, it is decided. I've just changed my mind. Like as I'm about to say it out loud, but I was going to (laughs) say, I've decided to let go of all of the anger of him not being on the team since the beginning of the season, because the team that we're seeing right now is what I wanted from the beginning of the season. Yeah. But as I was going to say that out loud, I decided no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just going to continue to be angry that we had to slog through the first three, four months of the season without Travis Sanheim, without Oscar Lindblom. This is fair. Um, I just, you know, it, I almost feel like I love Oscar Lindblom's game. I really, really love his game. And I'm afraid I'm getting too hyped up about him because I don't like I don't know how much he's going to score in the NHL. I don't know. I hope he can be a scorer. I don't know if he will be, but he sure as hell seems like he will be because yeah. he's just involved in freaking everything. And he's he's so smart on the ice. You were mentioning, you know, with passes, like I was rewatching his shifts in, in the Pittsburgh game and like he's he's producing zone exits, he's winning board battles. There was one board battle where he literally shrugged off of Kenny Malkin. This is Kenny yeah, Malkin like, is one of like the strongest players a, in hockey. He's a big dude. Yeah, and Limblom's twenty one. He was in the AHL last month and he's shrugging off of Kenny Malkin. Like he's a beefy boy too. When we <laughs> when when we did our uh, our top prospect list at the athletic in uh in january i ranked limblom still i ranked the number one prospect in flyers organization and some people rightfully called me out on they're like how can you put him number one you've got phil myers you've got morgan frost having his, his monster breakout you've got carter hart the best goalie in junior hockey why do you have limblom number one and my my reasoning i didn't fully explain this in the comment section because it was kind of hard to explain quickly but i've always viewed oscar limblom as the kind of guy who will never be viewed as valuable as he actually is Mm. by most people. Mm -hmm. But when you really break down the numbers, you're going to be like, holy shit, this guy is really good. And I was confident he was going to be that because I just, I'd seen so much of like him doing the little things right and him pushing playing the right direction. He just struck me as a guy who's like, he's always going to kill it by course. He's always going to kill it by expected goals. And he's going to score... 35 40 points but he's going to do it in a way that makes him more valuable That's, than a guy who scores 55 if you saw his highlight reel especially from sweden you go oh okay but he gets like a lot of um like it looks like he's being set up like he's just scoring from the slot he's getting to the front of the net but if you watch more than the highlights it's like oh yeah but he won the board battle 12 seconds before that and then got himself to the slot and then someone got him the puck there like he just he looks like a guy who's always going to be generating chances and that's what he's done in the NHL too. He's right, like a, he's like a better Raffle. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean Raffle's faster, but yeah. But well, yeah, I, skating has always been no problem for Raffle. Yeah. It has been for Lint Blue. Lim- 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 um, yeah, and I I think that was that's always been a, a good comparable for Limblom. But you're hoping he can score more. Yeah. You're just yeah. hoping he has more offensive instincts than Raffle. Right, we are just about out of time, guys. I just want to ask you one question before we are done. Next week, next Monday, we'll be doing this show again, as we do most Mondays. Are we panicked or are we celebrating? I think we're panicked next we're week. We're panicked? I, I, I mean, I, we stay I panicked. I, I, so. I think they're going to lose two out of three, and we're going to be terrified going <laughs> oh, into that it. final I three games. It. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Can't. That is all the time we have. <laughs> Did either of you answer? I'm sorry. No, we didn't. Oh, go ahead. Um, panicked. Well, I mean, panicked, we, for I, sure. Well, I said we stay panicked, but okay. I think, I think we'll, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. 
fine. Somebody will be. That's good. I mean, Kelly's already panicked. I'm so. already panicked, so I will remain panicked, yes. Uh, the existential dread. <laughs> that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to give uh, our thoughts are with the Goudreau family this week. Uh, Guy Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau's dad. If you're from where I'm from uh, and you played hockey... Guy Goudreau probably taught you how to skate, probably taught you how to play hockey at least a little bit at some point. Uh, a legend, uh, a men's league legend at Hollydale Ice Arena, just an absolute uh, great guy. Johnny's a good dude. He's in town uh, looking out for his father, but he suffered what's being known as a cardiac event uh, over the weekend. And uh, BSRH Radio, my thoughts personally are with the Goudreau family. And uh, that's it. Have a great week, everybody. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.